Grab a Bible and turn with me to John chapter 1. We'll be there in just a minute. John chapter 1. This morning I'm excited to share with you the final message in our series, Encountering Jesus. If you had missed a couple of weeks, the last four weeks, just by way of reminder for those who are here, or maybe some information those who missed it, we're, we're looking at what it means to have an encounter with Jesus. I share it over and over. I really wanted to say a relationship with Jesus, but I think we use that word so much it loses its meaning for us. But to really encounter Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, we have to know Jesus the Lamb first. I, I can't get to God on my own. So without the Lamb of God, Jesus the Lamb, the one who laid his life down for us, I have no way to have a relationship with Jesus. And then we saw that Jesus is not only the Lamb, Jesus is the Shepherd. The one who whispers to us, the one who speaks to us, the one who protects us. His rod and his staff protects us from ourselves and from the enemy. And he provides for us and he also brings blessing on us. I can't grow in my relationship. I can't continue to have more encounters with Jesus if I don't also know Jesus the shepherd. And then we looked at in our third week that it's not just Jesus the lamb and Jesus the shepherd. Some of us kind of are okay with that, but we feel a disconnect. We, we love Jesus. We serve Jesus. We'll even listen to Jesus, but, but he doesn't really know me. He doesn't really take an interest in, in me on a daily basis. And we need to have an encounter with Jesus the carpenter. The one who's fully God and yet fully man, who's walked in your shoes, who knows what pain is like. He knows what temptation is like. He knows what this world is like. And he identifies with you and he intercedes on your behalf to the Father. And then last week we looked at uh, a a tool, a, a particular way to help us grow in that relationship or continue to have more encounters with Jesus. Today I want to share this final message that talks Simply about Jesus speaking to us. He is speaking to you. On this Mother's Day, I was thinking about the many things that I'm thankful for in my mother. But I think the one that surfaces is she is the first voice of unconditional love that I can remember. I don't know what your relationship was like with your mom. Maybe it was a positive one. I think there would be many in this room who would say, yeah, my mom loved me. She gave me unconditional love. It's amazing the things that the voice of your mom could elicit in you. Still to this day, if I am sick, if my mom calls, that's good. I love it when my wife takes care of me, but it was something weird when your mom calls when you're sick. I'm a big crybaby, so I don't know there's many people lining up that want to talk to me when I'm sick. But there's something that happens. I remember as a child hearing the voice of my mom being proud of me. There'd be a, a soccer game in elementary school, and over the crowd you'd hear this, what, what, really loud. In junior high it became very embarrassing. But as a kid I heard it, and I knew that was my mom, and she was proud of me. Well, sometimes I would hear my mom's voice, and I didn't have to hear too much before I knew in the tone of her voice that something was going to go down discipline was going to happen. And she'd call me by my full name, Braden, Lindsay, Wiseheart, come here. Oh, we were ready to have a talk. I could tell that when I heard my mom laugh, it would make me want to laugh. It's amazing the voice that someone who has unconditional love for you, the impact it has on you. And I want you to know, whether you have a good relationship with your mom or not a good relationship with your mom, far greater than any parent can be. Far greater than any best friend can be. The living word of God 
is speaking to you today. Take your Bible and look with me at John chapter 1, verse 1. Here's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2 of John chapter 1. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Thank you, John, for that riddle. Well, we know from this scripture, those of you who have studied this before, who is the word, capital W, word? Who is that? Be proud of that. Who is it? Say it. Jesus. Jesus. We know we have the word of God, the Bible, the written word of God, divinely inspired. It speaks to us, and God speaks to us through his word, but he also speaks to us through his living word in Jesus. Amen? And as we look at this this morning, I want us to start with the understanding, reminding ourselves that Jesus, the Word, was there at creation in the beginning with God. That's what this verse is telling us. In the very, 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 very beginning, there wasn't a time when Jesus wasn't there. The Lamb, the Shepherd, the Carpenter. He he was there from the beginning. And all this creation that we're going to look at here in just a second, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him. He was a part of this speaking creation. Now turn left in your Bible, go all the way to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning. In the very first verse in our Bible, Genesis 1 1. I can't tell you how many thoughts and memories go through my mind as I look at Genesis 1 1 as I was in elementary school or maybe in, in junior high thinking I'm going to read through the entire Bible and I, I would always start at verse 1 and there was all this great optimism and hope and somewhere around Leviticus I'd kind of give up and then I'd start over again. But that chapter 1 verse 1 of the first book that we have in our Bible it kind of reminds me of that new pencil box at school. I could even get excited about school if I have a brand new notebook or a brand new pencil. Until they assign homework, and then I don't know if I like it too much anymore. But at the beginning, I, I was excited. And as we look at this, the very first words in Genesis, let's look at them together. Look in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, take your phone and, and download an app and get the word here in front of you. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Verse 3, then God said, he speaks, what did he say? Let there be light, and light bursts on the scene. There's nothing but darkness. There's nothing but a void. And there in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And, and we see the Godhead there speaking, and light comes into being. Look at verse 4. God saw the light was good. I just want to pause right there and, and look at a couple of thoughts for us in this passage of Scripture. Jesus, the one who is the lamb, the shepherd, the carpenter, was there at the very beginning with God. And when the Godhead speaks, things are created. And when God would speak, he would notice that it was good and he would call it good. And all throughout this chapter, we see this. In verse 6, it says, then God said, and then he created something. And then in verse 9, then God said, and he'd create something else. Verse, uh, the end of verse 10, and he'd say, and God saw that it was good. 
He would see it and call it good. Verse 11, then God said, and he would speak, and something else would come into existence. Bottom of verse 12, God saw that it was good. Beginning to see a pattern. Verse 14, then God said, and he creates something else. The bottom of verse 18, God saw that it was good. Do you see this pattern? God speaks, he creates, and then he says it's good. Over and over throughout this chapter, we see these principles. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to pull out your bulletin outline, and I want you to jot down a couple things with me. The first thought is this. When God speaks, he creates. It's just right there. It's just plain and simple. In Genesis 1, when he would speak, let there be light, light would come into being. See, God is speaking to you today, and one of my hypotheses is that if we knew how powerful God's words were to us, we would want to hear him a whole lot more. When we begin to see what they would do in our life, we'd want to do everything we can to not only hear but to receive and to obey what he says. But it's not enough to just want to. I need to know Jesus the Lamb. I need to know Jesus the shepherd. I need to know Jesus the carpenter. I need to have some tools where I work on my relationship like we talked about last week. But it's all fueled. The passion comes from this understanding about the one who is speaking to you. When God speaks, he creates. I think sometimes we just go, well, you know, I don't know if I need to hear God speak to me today. Kind of living off of what he said yesterday or last week. In fact, isn't that what we pay you for, Brady? Why don't you hear God speak and tell me what he says, and then we'll just kind of get this thing going on. And you come in and, and tell me quickly what he says, and I'll hear it and go, okay, that's good. And we'll go, hey, friend, God can speak to you in a message like this because hopefully it's rooted in his word and he speaks through his word. But he wants to speak to you every day, every moment. He's speaking. But it gets better. Another thing we get out of Genesis 1, when God creates, he sees his creation and he calls it what good rocket science it's tough i know it's hard trying to keep it simple here it's the fact that god sees his creation as good and he calls it good This, this baffles me why did god do that who was there to even know what he would say what's the he wasn't just being thankful and polite god is giving us a picture of his character Whenever he speaks, things are created. Whenever he creates something, it is always good. Whatever God does, it is good or for our good. And when he does something good, he's going to call it out. That's good. That's mine. I did that. And he's given it to us as a pattern and an example for us to get in on. And I want you to see this because this is where it gets directly involved in our life look at number three in your outline the third one is this every time friend jesus speaks to you he creates something new in you well what do you mean that was god that was creation that's a long time ago hey there is power in the words of jesus there's power when god speaks to us And so the Word, with God, speaking creation into existence, John uh, 1 tells us that all things that have come into being have come in through Him. So that means when you were knit together in your mama's womb, and He called it good, He was there. He 
Jesus was a part of that creation in you. Oh, that's just biology. He just kind of made the first. No, no, no. Every creation comes from it. Every good and perfect gift is from God. You may not feel like it today, but you are a good and perfect gift of God's creation. And so every time he speaks to you, he creates something new in you. This should give a little bit more of, well, do I want to pass up the goodness of what he wants to create in me today? Thanks, God. I got enough of your work today. We're good. If I see Jesus the lamb and Jesus the shepherd and Jesus the carpenter and he wants to create something in me and he wants to call it good, let's have more of it. Let's look at the fourth thought I want us to catch this morning. Every time that you and I take note of his creation in and all around of us, and when we call it good, we are joining in with what God is doing. Simply put, when we call his works good, we're doing the things that God is doing. God loves it when we do what he does. Moms can get a tear in their eye on a day like today when they see the things that their kids are learning from them and that they're mimicking of them and they pick up from them. How much more does our Heavenly Father joy and celebrate when His kids get in on doing what it is He is doing? Friends, there's a purpose for you to see what He's doing and to call it good. It's not just being positive. Do you have positive people in your life? Their attitude is just positive. I like those people. They encourage me. But this is more than an attitude. I think of some people very specific in my life that are, they're, they're just very positive, And I love being around them. But you know what? There's some people, their personality is not positive. This is more than just your personality. When you see what God is doing, you call it good. You're getting in on what it is He is doing. Okay. Now, I want you to turn right again in your Bible. The last passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning is Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to go through this in rapid fire, but I would love to invite you to study this chapter a little bit later on today or tomorrow. Here's what we find in Luke chapter 1. We find in verse 5 through 20 this story about Zacharias. Maybe your Bible says Zechariah, but we're going to call him Zach this morning. And Zach is a priest, and he was married to Elizabeth, and they did not have children. They wanted children. On this Mother's Day, Zach and Elizabeth would have been in the category of one that this would have been a hard day for them. They didn't celebrate Mother's Day then like we do now, but if they did, this would have been a hard day for them, no doubt, because they did not have children. They wanted children. This was a sore spot for them. Look at verse 6. They were both righteous, Zach and Elizabeth. In the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. That's a nice way of saying they were really old. They were old people. The chances of them having kids are over with. Verse 8. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. I love this. Zach is serving God. He's a righteous man. He's an obedient man. He's doing godly things, and right in the middle of it, God has the audacity to show up, interrupt it, and speak to him. Somebody here today, God wants to speak to you, but I'm in the middle of doing good church things. Well, I'm glad you're doing good church things. It's more important that God speaks to you. You know, that's why when we gather like this, we have a plan. We, we have some kind of an order. 
We, we do our best to try to create an atmosphere for, for God to move. But when God moves, that order just gets thrown out the window. Because we want God to interrupt us, to speak to us. Not because it's, you know, more spiritual to be interrupted. No, no, no. When God speaks, He creates. When He creates something new, there's power there. And we want to get in on calling it good. And friends, God interrupted Zach's service to him. What he thought would be really good, he interrupted it. I like it. There's a preacher out there. He keep preaching it. So let's, let's read on. Verse 11. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Zach, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. Now, I, I think it's interesting here. We don't know all the reasons that there's fear. I'm sure the very presence of this angel was a little bit, you know, jarring. And the the glory of God around this angel had to be jarring. But I think there's something about this message that grips him with fear as well. But look at verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zach, for your petition has been heard. So we don't know yet, but what this angel is about ready to say, it's an answer to his prayer. Now I'm going to just, you know, spoil this for a second, but Zach's not going to believe it. He's going to say, "Ah, this is impossible, not possible. It's answering his prayer. Well, let's look on. Verse, let's see, verse 13. Uh, Do not be afraid, Zach. Uh, your petition has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And the angel goes on to talk about how important John's going to be and the things that God's going to do through John. In verse 18, Zach, in great response, says, How will I know this is for certain? For I am an old man. And my wife is advanced in years. This is a polite way of saying your wife is old too. He's saying, this is impossible. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Let's unpack number five in your outline there. I want you to catch right in the middle of Zach's priestly duties. The Lord speaks through an angel. Somebody here today, you're in the middle of doing all kinds of good stuff, but God wants to interrupt your plans. He wants to mess it up. He wants to speak directly to you. Verse 19, I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Look at number six here. When Zach's prayer was being answered, he didn't believe it was possible. He didn't believe it was possible. I want to ask you, how many of you are praying prayers today, this week, this month, that you don't really expect God to answer? This is being honest. If God would answer them, you'd say, well, that's, that's a little bit impossible. I think sometimes when we pray, when we talk to God, we act like we're playing the lottery. We're not people who like to play the lottery, but we act like we pray the lottery when we, we pray. Well, I don't really expect to win, but only a buck i'll just throw up a prayer help me out today god make my path straight i'm not feeling well good well today god not feeling very good would would you just touch my body today lord do we expect god to answer our prayer and sometimes when he answers it's not just the fear that that god showed up it's the fact that he wants to answer in a way that we go whoa this is impossible this is going to be costly and in the last thing i want you to see here verse or number seven the lord silenced zach so he could receive 
what was spoken. Some of us here today, if we're really honest, I've been in these shoes. We need God to shut us up. We can't hear God speak. We can't receive what God wants to create in us because we just talk, 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 talk. And talk, talk. I tell you, you're going to be a preacher. I love it. We just talk, 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 talk. And some of us, it's not maybe our mouth that's talking. It's our mind. It's doubts, 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 doubts. Can't happen, can't happen. Would never happen to me. Not nothing. And God just says, because I love you, stop it. Stop it. Just out of a love gift for you, let me make you mute. So you can receive the blessing that I have for you. Before we wrap this up, I want to invite a couple friends to come join me. Last week we talked about a tool. It's not the tool. It's not the only way. Come on up, Brent and Carrie. Come on up, guys. It's not the only tool, but it's a tool to help us like training wheels for this relationship with Jesus where we can talk to Jesus, we can hear from Jesus, we can hear from the living word and from the written word of God and allow it to impact our life. Now, if you weren't here last week, uh, I want you to know you can get in on this on our website, uh, gpnaz.org. Look for the little graphic that says Disciple by Jesus. Click on it, and there's three different electronic ways you can get the same form. They're all the same thing. And it's just five questions with some sub-questions, but five categories. Who is Jesus to me today? What good have I seen around me that could be Jesus? The third question, am I listening to what he's saying to me in the scripture that I'm reading today? The fourth question is, it's an obedient question. And these four buckets in my life, in, in my family, in other believers, and in the lost people, what does Jesus ask me to do to be obedient? And then that fifth question, do I believe that he has power to help me do that? that that's all it is. It's not rocket science. I want you to hear me. If you don't do that, I'm not saying you're not a good Christian. If you do that, I'm not saying you're a better Christian. I'm just saying you've got to find a way to have this encounter with Jesus and I challenged all of us to just give it a go, at least one time. And I've been hearing reports from some of you, and it's been blessing my heart. I had one guy tell me this week, he said, I've got to get another one of those. This is so awesome. And I said, well, you can get on the website, and you can download. He goes, oh, I don't do download stuff. I can't do that. And I said, well, I'll print some out for you here in the office. And then whenever you stop by the church, you can come pick them up. He goes, well, I'm coming right now. And before I could get them off the, the copier, he was there. He took them, and he was racing out the door wanting to do this. I had a friend tell me this morning, she came to me, she said, oh, Pastor Brady, this is so good. I don't get through all of it, but the pieces I get through, it's so great, and I'm telling my friend how it's impacting me. And I want you to hear just a little bit from people just like you and their experiment with what God is doing in their life, how he's speaking to them through this journaling exercise that's training wheels to help us talk to and hear from God. Brent, uh, share with us a little bit. You've been experimenting with, with this for a few days now, and... Uh, What's your experiment been like? What are some of the things you've experienced? Uh, maybe what's been helpful to you? Maybe any surprises that you had as you did this? But just talk to us a little bit about how that's been going. Well, the thing that's really great about this for me is, is that uh, I do better if I've got some kind of organization and I've got some kind of way to go through it rather than just try to read into the Word and, and try to sort all that out. And so I like the organized part of it. Uh, and... It just helps me to it just helps me to focus uh, on what's out there. Good, good, good. And as you've been going through this, um, Brent, I kind of know the answer to this question. We've done this before, like an hour ago, but I'm going to ask the question again anyway. Uh, has Jesus been speaking to you at all through this? And 
if Jesus has been speaking to you, how has this tool been helpful for you to hear him better? Remember, this is just a tool. We serve Jesus. And this document just helps us stay focused, as, as Brent said, hearing Jesus. But uh, how has this helped you? In, in, do you sense that Jesus has been speaking to you? Well, one of the things that uh, I liked about this was uh, after you daily ask, you know, who am I? And that kind of puts you in that frame of mind of and he can be many things to you on any given day. And, uh, and uh, lately for me, he's really been my protector and my provider. Uh, but, but after you go through that, then, then you say, then you ask the question, do you know what I've done for you? Uh, and the way we kind of do that is we look back over the 24 hours and we try to try to look at good things that have happened. And uh, I'm a pretty positive guy. I don't look for bad things all the time. But I'm telling you, it's hard to single out the good things that you see. So this kind of trains you to do that. And what's great about the good things that uh, Brady was talking about earlier was is uh, uh, God's going to show up in the good things. Jesus is going to show himself in those kind of good things. And the other thing I really like about this is is that uh, I'm not the most patient guy in the world. And this kind of makes me slow down and think and really shut up too. I mean, that's an important part of it. Uh, and try to listen for that. After, you're, after you know who he is and after you look around and see what he's done in the past 24 hours, then you try to focus in on listening. And I guess the last thing that it, it, it does for me is, is that instead of eating the elephant all at once, you read through the scripture, uh, you listen for him to discern some, some verse for you, and you take that verse and you ruminate, meditate, pray on that verse for a long time and listen to how it is. And, and that's given me clarity. Uh, I, I never really had clarity reading the Bible until I heard Brady talk about it. And then it was just like an epiphany and it was an, an aha moment every time I heard it. Uh, but I'm starting to get those aha moments on my own, just on those little pieces of scripture that I get. Amen, amen. And in a second, I'm going to have you respond, uh, Brent. If you would give any encouragement to our friends here today to give this a try, think about what you'd share with them as encouragement. I want to touch on something that Brent said, okay? I like what he said, but there's a part where I'm like, no, no. Okay, so he had never heard God speak until, until, until I spoke. <laughs> you know what that says to me? We just had a divine appointment. When I was speaking, Brent decided to be open to what God was saying to him. Because you see, if, if you don't know me well enough yet, you just need to know there's nothing special about me. <laughs> John 3.30 is my verse. He must increase, I must decrease. But here's the cool part. God is speaking every time his written word and living word is presented. And, and now Brent is really catching it. He didn't even need me. That is awesome. That God was speaking. Now, don't misunderstand. We need corporate worship. And we need to preach the word of God. And there's power that happens there. But, but if that's all that we hear, God, we miss it. We miss it. That's, that's right on, Brent. Now, now, if you wouldn't give encouragement to us of someone who's kind of on the fence or like, I, I don't know, what encouragement would you give to them to just give this a try? Well, I mean, if you're anything like me and you need a way to do it, uh, I mean, some of you might be able to just open up the Bible and just... Uh, have God tell you where to be and that day and go to that. But uh, uh, I, I would guess that most of us are not like that. Uh, and so it's just a tool to go in and really get, really hear 
Jesus talk to you and hear his voice. And it, it really makes you hungry to do more and to do it more often. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through the Bible for one verse at a time. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying the ones that I'm, I'm studying. Very good. Thank you, Brent. Terry, uh, share with us a little bit about uh, your experience with this. Uh, any surprises? Um, you know, what, what are some takeaways from you trying this out? Well, one thing I didn't say last service that I want to say now is I love the simplicity of the tool. Um, our daughter, Kaden, also uses the tool, and it's really neat to see her sit down and to journal and um, to make that part of her devotional time. Um, but what I love the most about it, I do my devotions really early in the morning. I'm on early riser. Brady loves that because he doesn't like, I get I'm up about, I get about 4.30 in the morning sleeping. and I ride my bike to school. And then when I get to school, I um, do my devotions and um, it really helps me to focus um, on what Jesus is doing. Like Brent was saying, um, I think it's easy in my devotional time. My small group is reading the Bible all the way through. And so we're reading these big chunks all at once. And it gives me a, a focus, a verse to focus on, but then to focus on what Jesus is doing, not necessarily what Carrie needs or what Carrie wants, because naturally through the process of looking at what Jesus is doing, it teaches me um, what I need from him. And so the focus isn't on Carrie, the focus is on Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, Carrie, as you shared that last service, one of the things that jumps out at me is so many times I think what we call our devotions or our relational time with Jesus is about all kinds of other stuff other than relationship with him. It's about Bible trivia. It's about facts about a particular Bible character. And those are good things. They're not bad. But what is my focus on with Jesus? And, and this is not so you can get to be, you know, like super spiritual status with stickers on your chart in heaven or something. God is speaking. When he speaks, he creates. When he sees his creation, he calls it good. And God wants to do something in you. Carrie, as you look back on this, I know the Lord's been speaking to you. Um, what has he been saying to you, or how has this process been helpful to you? And then the final question is, uh, what encouragement would you give to us, maybe those who haven't tried this before? I think sometimes a lot, my small group, we talk a lot about, well, how do I know exactly if this is what Jesus is speaking to me? And one of the parts of the tool is that you walk through what you call him, like Brent was saying, who is he to me? Is he my protector, my shepherd, my daddy? But then you speak back, you know, what, what do you feel that Jesus is saying to you? And I feel like when I'm focused, more focused on looking at what he is to me, looking at what has happened in the last 24 hours, naturally, um, I feel like because I'm listening, I hear what he has to say to me. And, you know, um, at the beginning of the devotional time, I'll, I have no idea what you're saying to me, Lord. But by the time I've honed in and focused and thought about who he is and, and what he's doing, by the end, I, I know... Or I, I think I know what he's saying to me. Yeah, that's good, Carrie. You know, I, guys, I think it's a lot like it is in our marriage. I don't know if any of you are like this. Carrie will sometimes come and she'll, this is my wife, Carrie, if you don't know. She'll, she'll come and she'll, uh, she'll tell me about her day. And as soon as I hear a problem, I'll go, oh, I can fix that. I can solve that. And then she says, I don't want you to fix it. Can you believe that, guys? If I have the ability to fix this, but, but she wants me to listen to her. And so a tool we've learned is I just say, what I think I hear you say, Carrie, is you want me to fix this problem. She goes, no, not at all. I go, okay, well, let's try it again. Tell me, she'll tell me. What I think I hear you say is, and then I'll say something, and she'll say, well, that's, that's partly right, but no, you didn't get all of it. Let's try it the third time. What I think I heard you say was this, and then I tell you, you go, okay, you finally got it. 
That's what this is like. When you're writing down what you think Jesus said to you, you don't have to get it perfect every time. Because when you write it down, the Lord's going to go, oh, I love you, but that's not what I said. And you're going to feel that still small voice speaking to you. But we're training our ears. That's good. Carrie, any final encouragement for us? Absolutely. Um, it's really been helping me connect um, to what God is doing throughout my day as I, as I move on. And um, for those of you who go, oh, wow, an hour is a really long time, um, this tool, you can start small. There are five different questions, and you can answer one or two questions at a time. That will just um, grow you in your faith. And, and Brady, his mom taught him something really valuable, and she said, first it was a discipline, and then it was a joy. And I tell you what, the more I make it a discipline, the more I hunger and thirst for more of him. And oh, how he wants to spend time with you. And I think about the God who created me, the God who loves me, the God who does so much for me. Can I give him just that small part of my day? And it's more of a blessing the more that you give and the more that you hear and the more you realize he's speaking to you all the time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carrie. As Pastor Edgar comes, we get ready to close. A couple thoughts. Are you aware of the fact that Jesus is speaking to you today? He wants to create new life in you. A second takeaway maybe for today is, are you praying not really expecting God to do anything? Are you just sending up prayers in your devotional time? You don't really expect God to say anything. He's going to surprise you in the middle of you doing all your service and you're good. He's going to, he's going to answer a prayer. And the third category, I feel like I'm here sometimes. Would you allow God to shut you up if you're getting in the way of receiving what it is he wants to say? Maybe it's your actual words talking. Maybe it's the doubts in your mind. Just say, Lord, would you silence me so I could hear you? I don't know if you've ever come across somebody who has a vibrant bubbling inside of them like Lorraine did when he sang this song about the best thing, the best thing. My wife loves saying the best thing ever. I can't do that. I, I, there's no best. I, I just can't have favorites and best. But the best, the best thing I've ever done is loving Jesus. When you see this in a brother or sister that's tied to this vibrant relationship, it's because when God Almighty, the one who creates the heavens and the earth, the one who knits you together in your mother's womb, when he speaks, it happens when he is talking to you and you receive it. There is nothing better, nothing better. Would you stand with me? And let's allow this song to be our response to the Lord before we go today.